Good morning. You're tuned in to episode 12 of Sound Science on Dub Lab Radio with me, your host, Dr. Wande Pierce. On this show, I talk about science and music with the help of those in the know while playing tunes. Although this month, it's just me. I promise I'll double up on guests next time. On today's show, I'm going to be taking a look at organoids, specifically how to make your own mini inner ear and explaining how scientists are using these creations to better understand inner ear disease. Stay tuned more after this. Organoids are taking the world of cell biology by storm. If you haven't heard of organoids, then they're basically 3D organ models made from cells in a dish, which allow scientists to study all sorts of biological processes, such as cell behavior, tissue repair, and response to drugs or mutations. Organoids are a really useful tool for scientists because they mimic human cell organization and organ structures. With single cells being too simplistic, and animal models at the end of the day being similar but not human. Organoids fall somewhere in between in what they can teach us. There's been a couple of big stories about brain organoids, specifically in the media recently. Brain organoids resemble the human brain in a number of different ways. So for example, they share similar cell types and they form similar structures. They also organize in a very similar way to the way that our brains organize during development and they form connections. But most recently, scientists at UC San Diego have been able to detect brain waves. This means that neurons in brain organoids can actually signal to each other, and this has been raising a lot of ethical concerns. Now, if that doesn't raise your eyebrows, then here's more. UC San Diego scientist, Alison Miotri, is now using organoids to understand how neurons do all of this, but in space, actual space. So if you want to read more about that story, then I urge you to go over to Massive.com and read it there. It's just been published and it's a really good read. So this year I actually grew my own brain organoids for three months and I got quite attached to those little guys, but right now they're in a minus 80 degree freezer until I get a minute to characterize them. So I can't really tell you much about how well they did resemble the human brain. But other members of my lab have made brain organoids from the cells of patients with Alzheimer's disease in order to study the disease on a molecular level. And they're beginning to see some pretty interesting results because some of the features that you would observe in a human Alzheimer's brain are recapitulated in their brain organoids, which is very exciting. Now, even though I've said all of this about brain organoids, it's important to realize that the potential of organoid technology goes way beyond just mini versions of the brain. In 2017, scientists from Jeffrey Holt's lab at Harvard and Eri Hishino's lab at the Indiana University School of Medicine successfully developed inner ear organoids containing functional hair cells from human pluripotent stem cells cells that can theoretically become any cell type of the body and can actually be made from, let's say, human skin cells. Their work was published in one of the most respected scientific journals, Nature, and today I'm going to tell you what they did. The human inner ear contains 75,000 sensory hair cells 
that detects sound and movement via tiny little bundles of hair called stereocilia bundles. Genetic mutations or environmental insults such as loud noises or toxic drugs can cause irreparable damage to these hair cells leading to hearing loss or dizziness. It's kind of tricky to get your hands on human inner ear tissue for research purposes because it's one of the few tissues in the body that is not readily available for biopsy. Therefore, scientists were looking for a reliable way to make functional hair cells from human pluripotent stem cells. A scientist called Carl Kohler stepped up to the plate. He decided to generate inner ear organoids from mouse pluripotent stem cells using careful manipulation of four important signaling pathways. TGF-beta, BMP, FGF, and WIND. These signaling molecules are responsible for transmitting information between cells in your body, and by carefully timing the exposure of the stem cells to these molecules, Carl and his colleagues were able to grow pea-sized mouse inner ear organoids, which contained sensory hair cells that were structurally and functionally similar to native vestibular hair cells. The sensory cells responsible for allowing us to receive signals from the outside world and transmit them to the brain. that Carl Kohler and his colleagues needed to do in order to generate human inner ear tissue from human pluripotent stem cells was first just understand the timeline of inner ear organogenesis, so that's the formation of organs in humans. Our bodies are derived from three embryonic germ layers, the endoderm, which is the inner layer, the ectoderm, the outer layer, and the mesoderm, the middle layer. And together these three layers form our organs, our nervous system, our muscle and our skin. The inner ear arises from the ectoderm layer and in humans produces the first terminally differentiated hair cells by around day 52 after conception. I won't go into the details here, but needless to say, the development of the ear is a complex process, but Carl Kohler and his colleagues got a grasp on it and they were able to mirror development in the ear. They took human embryonic stem cells, so these are cells that can become any cell type of the body theoretically, and they grew them in specialized gelatin-like material with a cocktail of components to keep them A, alive, and B, to encourage them to turn into the correct cell types. This method allowed the stem cells to form free-floating ball-shaped aggregates, allowing them to form more com This method allowed the stem cells to form floating ball-shaped aggregates, allowing for more complex interactions between the different cells and creating an environment that simulates what occurs in the body during development. And this is why organoids are a step up from the traditional two-dimensional cell culture methods. In order for a cell type to become a cell type, it has to express the correct genes at the correct time during development. All cells actually have the same DNA and the same genes, but the difference is which genes are turned on and which genes are turned off, and that's what determines the identity of the cell. It was a detailed understanding from years of research that came previously and the careful manipulation of this information that allowed Kohler and his colleagues to detect the expression of key genes that were true to the genetic profile found in normal development. 
So after 150 days, Kohler and his colleagues found themselves with human inner ear organoids, which contained approximately 68 to 779 hair cells. And they even looked a little bit like what an ear looks like in that ears have um, a membranous labyrinth which consists of a series of tubes and chambers uh, containing sensory and non-sensory epithelia while the organoids also had um, a kind of multi-chambered shape and it was quite similar to what you'd see in an ear and they also had sensory and non-sensory epithelia so it's quite extraordinary here are a few words from Carl Kohler himself from an interview that he did for the Indiana Public Media News. One of the innovations we've come up with over the years, us and other groups, um, is to grow the cells in three dimensions in kind of a, a gelatin-like uh, material. And this allows the cells, it gives them the support they need to kind of organize themselves into an organ-like structure. Kohler believes that this development could actually help sufferers from congenital or noise-induced hearing loss by allowing doctors to be able to repair a damaged auditory nerve. We've seen that is technically possible within the inner ear. We just need to be able to surgically implant the cells in the right spot. The problem with the rest of the inner ear is that it's such a delicate, complex structure that it's gonna be very difficult to surgically place the cells where they need to go. Kohler also believes in the future it might be possible to actually regrow some of the hairs that are lost due to damage. And we're hoping that we can kind of accelerate the identification of new drugs and new gene therapies with this technology. We think um, probably over the next 10 to 15 years, we'll be able to start seeing uh, these drugs or therapies reaching clinical trials. So this paper was published a couple of years ago and since then, going back to brain organoids, brain organoids have been developed that can respond to light, which begs the question, could inner ear organoids respond to sound? This is one of the limitations of organoids. They are just isolated entities really. So understanding how they interact with the environment is a challenge, but an interesting question to think about, seeing as this is a science and music show. Um, it's one of the limitations of organoids because they are separate entities floating around in a solution. So it's difficult to answer questions uh, like that, but it's definitely an interesting thought. So here's a question. If you could make any organoid from your own cells, what would it be? What would it be? Uh, if you feel like sharing, you can email me at soundsciencepodcast at gmail.com. I've been a little bit behind with updating the website, but I promise that I will get to it soon. And on the website, www.soundsciencepodcast.com, uh, there are show notes and I'm going to uh, include a link to some images of these inner ear organoids and perhaps a video. They are quite cute. They're quite cute. I like them. Um, yeah, please feel free to share the show. Um, the show will be archived on the Dub Lab website. Uh, have a great Monday and I'll see you next month.